Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Geek Thyself. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to July. We are June. June. You almost skipped a month. <laughs> I did. You know, they're really close. They're really close. June, I mean, yeah, to be yeah, fair, June. yeah. June. June. Uh, yeah, because I was about to say, we're like, now almost halfway through the year, which, mm-hmm. yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's also other fun things in June, like Pride Month. Yes. Which we covered last year's. Uh, we covered the, I, I want to say it was the Stonewall Riots? The Stonewall Riots, yeah. Yeah, uh, which was really important to leading into um, the gay right protests of in, uh, all over the US and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is all good stuff. Uh, which I true. think we covered the, the next episode. Uh, so yeah, and this time we're doing uh, the Pride Flags. Yes. Uh, which is fun. Yeah, and it seemed very appropriate also. Uh, This episode, for anyone who isn't aware, is also tied in very closely with a Kickstarter that Nerdsmith is doing this month. Mm -hmm. Um, All through June on Kickstarter, you can find uh, dragon, scale, egg, rainbow, and pride-colored flag pins. I don't know how else Mm -hmm. to describe it. It's, it's It's the colors of the pride flags, but in a dragon egg form. And the dragon has yeah, little scales on it and everything. And the scales go down in colours to mm-hmm. represent whatever flag would represent yourself. Uh, either as a person who is on the LGBTQA like, uh, spectrum, like many, many people in Nerdsmith, mm-hmm. or as an ally to those people. Yes. Or if you just like nice dragon pins... Mm-hmm. And also, like, the LGBT community, that's that too. Yes. Yeah, we're very excited about it. Um, and yeah. f- for that reason, we decided that we would tie in the Geek Thyself episode this week with it. The launch for the Kickstarter is June 1st. Um, this episode should be coming out on June 1st or 2nd, depending on your time zones. Yeah, so whenever you're listening to this, uh, the Kickstarter will already be up. Mm-hmm. I imagine we'll have a link over it on nerdsmith.org. Yes, we should have a link on nerdsmith.org. It's also going to be on all of our social media. No big surprise. Mm-hmm. Also, um, if you go to Kickstarter and search for uh, Pride Pins, you should be able to find it as well. Um, but let me... I just had the actual page link i'm just finding it so the name of the project is called here be dragons loud and proud i like it <laughs> so yeah uh, many different ways to sort of find the, the kickstarter gonna be running for the whole month uh we are starting off with six of the most commonly used uh identifying flags and yes. we hope uh if the campaign is successful uh, we have uh, other other uh, pride pins ready mm-hmm. if we can produce enough to be able to basically afford to make them. Yes, um, yeah, we had, we do have stretch goals to allow for more colorways to represent more people um, with whatever their sexuality may be in the LGBTQIA plus community. 
unfortunately, like with most Kickstarters, we had to start somewhere. We had to pick some to start with. And the six flags that we chose to start with are the ones that Russ and I are going to talk about today in terms of a little bit of their history. Yep. Uh, okay, so I've just realized that there isn't a gay pin. There's a lesbian pin, but there isn't a gay pin. So we actually looked into this because we were trying to figure out what to do for that. <laughs> yeah, so, because I, I, I was about to go through the, the list of the ones in our first selection, which mm-hmm. are the ones we're going to be covering now, which is the Pride Rainbow, just general, like, uh, the Pride flag. Like mm-hmm. I said, so if, if you are just Pride supportive or an ally, that sort of thing. Yep. And then we have lesbian and bisexual and transgender from the LGBT, but there's no gay there. And I, I assume there has to be a reason. So, have a feast. <laughs> So um, the reason is when we were looking into the different flags, I, I, I kid you not, if you go online and Google pride flags, like LGBTQ pride flags, you can find images and documents that list like 60 different flags. Um, and part of the reason is because even within a larger community, like even within a transgender or bisexual community, they have flags within the community that are like a subset of you know transgender just this or so, bisexual uh, with these leanings so you're like uh like umbrella flags like mm-hmm. these are the umbrella terms and there are smaller divisions in that yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and when we were going through all of the flags and trying to figure out okay which ones are we going to do which ones are we going to do first um we really had to sit down and try to think about how we could best represent as m- the most number of people possible um you know unfortunately just because of having to order the pins from the companies we're working with and having limitations on how many we can order of each kind in a certain batch in order to try to make sure that this funded we had to start somewhere and we couldn't have all of them available yeah and also minimum order requirements and all that yeah things like that so that those were our restrictions and so even though we would have loved to have had just all of these pins available right away we had to make them stretch goals in order to really give ourselves the best chance of actually funding and being able to even produce the pins in the first place um now that being said with mm -hmm. the stretch goals um because we felt so strongly about wanting all of these pins to be available as fast as possible rather than doing each individual pin of the second batch as its own stretch goal we made all of them one stretch goal um with one exception but most of them are all just together in the the second stretch goal which is clutch two we have clutch one (laughs) because they're dragon eggs uh is all of the first six that russ and i are going to talk about today and Uh, then clutch two mm -hmm. is another seven eggs Yes, and then we have one stretch goal, which is before those ones, mm-hmm. um, which I will talk about um, a little bit later, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Sure. It's our first stretch goal for the campaign, but we're really excited. We definitely hope you check it out. Um, yeah. We um, did our best, um, the gay flag thing that you were asking about. So yes. part of the reason <laughs> is because generally speaking, the rainbow mm-hmm. flag, the LGBTQ flag quintessential rainbow flag is technically the gay flag it was originally created for the sam uh, for the, i mean this gets into some of the history we're planning to talk about but it was originally created in on uh it debuted 
sorry, it was created in the 1970s, but it debuted on June 25th, 1978 at the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this this works out anyway, because we were going to talk about the Pride Rainbow flag first anyway. So, mm-hmm. okay, so yeah. I can understand why that one would be, because I believe they called uh, the sort of the initial sort of pride and things like gay liberation front i want to say is that that feels right Um, i'd have to double check that i'm not sure if it was called the gay liberation front specifically i'm sure there's someone who called it that there have been so many uh, names for so many things america likes to rename stuff but um (laughs) um, i i will say that when we were looking there are technically some flags that are considered gay flags and in particular there's two flags called the achillean flag and the um, Vincian flag that we found when we were looking things up that have to do with um, specific types of, um, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this, specific types of um, interest between men. (laughs) Yes, okay. I probably should mention this at this point. Um, While we... uh, um... A lot of us here at Nerdsmith uh, do find ourselves in one of these sort of LGBTQ areas uh, within ourselves. Mm-hmm. We apologize if our wording would be potentially not what people would prefer us to use. We are trying our best, uh, but we don't mean to offend anybody at all. Mm-hmm. We love everybody, and everybody should be able to love whoever they love. Which is the whole point of Pride. Yeah. Well, and part of it, too, is I was I was literally trying to remember, like, specifically what is what does the term yeah. define as. Yeah. Um, okay, here it is. So, Vincian and Achillean, they're two different types of flags that are specifically supposed to represent um, male-to-male to male attraction. Um, sure. But there are, they're lesser known like we at we asked a lot of people we know, like you know Russ just mentioned. So, the majority of people who are making decisions in Nerdsmith, um, and or actively participating in Nerdsmith, are either somewhere on the LGBTQIA spectrum, like they're they're somewhere in the community they fit in, or are extremely strong allies like myself. Yes. And um, none of us, like, until doing this research into these flags, Achillean and Vincian, like, none of us had really heard of them. <laughs> and we, um, we, so we were trying to, like, figure out what flags would appeal to the most people. And when every, all of our research indicated that technically the rainbow flag is the gay flag. It's just that it blossomed and became a symbol for all of the LGBTQIA community instead of just, um, just gay men. Which would make sense as those movements became larger mm-hmm. and having a unified single flag to rally behind with the other ones being more specific. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a fairly good place to, for, for that. Oh, dear, I'm just... Uh, you've, there's so many notes I'm just trying to spread out. I know. I, I So, <laughs> full disclosure, for anyone who looks at the Nerdsmith Kickstarter to see, you know, what's what about the flags and whatnot... I did a lot of research. <laughs> I looked up a lot of different flags, and I, f- I had to figure out, you know, what all the different colors and everything stood for. Um, I do. I definitely had a couple of favorites that I found out about, um, and a lot of them, which I 
this I think was fantastic and we'll get into it more later, but a lot of the flags were actually created online by the community. So it was like the community, you know, online of the world got together and decided, yeah, we like this one. Yeah, which is absolutely cool. Uh, and from what you've sort of uh, info dumped at me, <laughs> uh, there are like flag meanings for the colors associated. Correct, with correct. Every yeah. single, and I didn't actually know this until I like I knew the colors were important, and I I vaguely knew that the colors in the rainbow flag had some meaning behind them. But until doing the research for all of these different flags, I didn't know, you know, how thoroughly thought out they all are. Which, you know, in hindsight, I should have realized because it makes total sense. But at the time, you know, it didn't really occur to me until I started looking into them more. Um, so the first flag, the original rainbow flag uh, that came out in 1978 actually didn't look like it does now. Mm-hmm. It actually had eight stripes instead of six, instead of this just the typical rainbow colors. Um, it had an additional stripe, one was two additional stripes. Yes. One was um, pink, pink, and one yes. was turquoise. Yeah, uh, um, the hot pink was um, did, uh, was uh, represented for sex, mm-hmm. just in general, and turquoise for art. And then uh, the other ones we'll get to in a minute because they all stayed uh, the same. Uh, and yeah. for production problems, uh, I assume like printing that many colors. And yeah, access to the color and being able to fit them all in and have them all look right and everything. Yeah, uh, they basically um, um, they went into that. Oh, also, sorry, an indigo was changed. Indigo uh, was changed into the blue. Yes. Yeah, it, so um, the original colors were um, red, orange, yellow, green, turquoise, indigo, and violet, and then pink also. But, yes, um, uh, so three of the colors, two of them went away, and one of them changed from an indigo to a more striking blue, again, I assume, for production things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything I was able to find basically said it, it had to do with production and them not being able to get enough of the colors they needed, and those, I guess, were the hardest ones to get for some reason. Well, I could see why, because, like, hot pink and, like, they're, they're like, turquoise and indigo, like, they're more specific shades where sort of red and green and blue mm-hmm. and yellow. They're, like, mixes of the primary colors. Like, so, yeah, uh, that's I true. Could, I can, so see, I can that. see that being easier. But colors... So I was just going to say, one thing I thought that was really cool for anyone who has done their American LGBTQ history research at all, you've probably heard of Harvey Milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harvey Milk was friends with Gilbert Baker, who designed the original flag for the 1978 parade. And the reason Gilbert designed it was because Harvey Milk asked him to make a symbol for the beautiful diversity um, and inclusivity of the LGBTQIA plus community. He wanted a symbol for them to rally behind at the parade. And so Gilbert um, and some others got together and designed this flag. Yeah, uh, as for the flag in its sort of current iteration, the colors now that are used are red, which symbolizes life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, blue for harmony and peace. Um, they're, they're, they're the same, they mm-hmm. can be the same thing. And then violet represents the spirit, which I think is really nice. 
Uh, I I could also understand why maybe art was dropped from that because while it's important, like it's, you know. Yeah, well, and not only that, but, you know, if they were having trouble getting a hold of everything, then it makes sense that they would have had to sort of pick and choose. Um, Yeah, that is is fair. Yes, and then... So just so, moving on. Oh, it's not letting me do that. Okay, fine. Okay. Discord, so, don't let me copy paste what I'm trying to copy paste. Be that yeah. way. Um. Yeah, Discord, don't be rude. <laughs> okay. So um, that's if you look at our Kickstarter, clutch one is the Pride Rainbow flag is first. The next one yes. is the lesbian flag. Now, yes. the lesbian flag was actually one of the hardest ones for us to decide on. Um, there are a lot of different lesbian flags online, a lot of them. And there's a bunch of them that represent, like, um, there's certain ones that are used by um, lesbians who consider themselves more feminine. There's also certain flags that are used more so by lesbians who consider themselves more more masculine appearing. Sure, 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 sure. There's a whole bunch of different flags out there for that. Um, We chose to go with one of the lesbian flags that was designed online um, back in 2018. It was actually created by... Oh, recent. Yeah, it's pretty recent, this particular one. So there's a couple of reasons we went with this one. One is that one of the more original lesbian flags um, was created by someone who is anti-trans women. Yeah. And those of us here at Nerdsmith did not feel that that was appropriate for a whole lot of different reasons, not the least of which is that a lot of us have friends and family who are part of the trans community. So basically we said, yeah. no, <laughs> we're not using that yeah, one. No, that's, that's really fair. That's really, that's a shame to hear. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. It was um, less than pleasant. <laughs> like when we were searching through all the information, we had to figure out which one we were going to use. Um, the current lesbian flag um, is, you know, specifically designed to be inclusive to trans women as well. So that's why we went with this particular one. Um, it is a five stripe. It has a dark orange, a light orange, a white, a pink, and a dark pink. Or like pinky purple, but. Yeah. Uh, and it was introduced by Emily Gwen in 2018. Yes. Uh, we didn't mention the name. On Tumblr. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Well, so she did a seven stripe version, but then oh. we couldn't find the name of the person who like did the smaller version but like um the condensed one yeah. yeah basically someone took her beautiful seven band one and made a slightly um, more condensed five band one and that was a lot easier to fit on the egg and it looked better so we went with the five band yeah uh, and the colors used just in general for that are generally feminine leaning colors mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah, so the the colors there, there's dark orange representing gender nonconformity, orange for independence, um, and this is the seven stripe one. There's a lighter orange for community, white for unique relationships to womanhood, pink okay. for serenity and peace, dusty pink for love and sex, and dark rose for femininity, or in some cases it's like a more purpley feminine um dark rose color 
Sure. That makes sense. Okay. Um, now we've got the next one on the list, which, again, following the track of LGBT, uh, is uh, the bisexual flag. Which, yeah. Um, I, I like the, the bisexual one because it's a really good sort of starting place for a lot of people discovering their their gender like it's what i associated myself with Mm -hmm. uh, when i was sort of exploring myself because it's a it's a bit it's 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 a it's sort of a safe sort of spot to sort of explore and find where you're comfortable i guess is what what Mm -hmm. uh, my point is yeah i can definitely see that like especially when i was like in my early teens it's like uh you know i wasn't sure if i was uh just attracted to to men or women or uh, anything in between so uh, yeah uh, so now that my flag trying to find it in the thing I don't it, I don't think it's here it, it is it um when I was porting over my notes I think part of it got cut off so let me go back to my page and find yeah. it yeah okay yes uh, it doesn't have the the representations there but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah so bisexuality is attraction to two uh, to two or more genders, uh, romantic attraction and sexual attraction, uh, uh, and sexual uh, behavior towards both male and female partners, uh, or to more than one sexual gender, or anything along that kind of thing. Uh, and the bisexual flag uh, was created by Michael Page in 1998, and it debuted at the BiCast first anniversary on December the 5th of the same year. Yeah, so uh, he um he was associated with that cafe, the by cafe, and decided to create this flag. Um, I found it. Okay, so um the creator of the flag described the colors as such: the pink color represents sexual attraction to the same sex only. The blue represents sexual attraction to the opposite sex only, and the resultant overlap color purple represents sexual attraction to both sexes. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, like I said, it's just it, I feel like it's like the like a, a really sort of good place to start it, if you need labels anyway. Some people obviously don't want to label themselves, and that's absolutely fine as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. So those are our first three for. Uh, in our clutch one, um, <laughs> I think this is a, a fairly good point for us to go into our mid roll, and then we can discuss the other three, and yeah, then we'll wrap up on all, all this sort of fun stuff. Right. Definitely. Um, one thing I did want to mention, just because I know, I know firsthand from hearing from a few people that sometimes people skip the mid roll, which is fine. I understand. You don't want to listen to the commercial. I don't like commercials either. Absolutely. No, that's totally fair. <laughs> um, so this isn't part of the mid-roll, but just to let everyone know, with this Kickstarter, um, I think I forgot to mention it earlier, we are donating a portion of our proceeds after the Kickstarter closes to support the Trevor Project. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard of the Trevor Project before, the Trevor Project is an organization that specifically works to help protect and counsel and give aid to teenagers who are within the LGBTQIA community. Um, There's the leading national organization that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning young people under 25. Um, That's complete with, you know, people that are available to chat 
online if someone needs, you know, help or needs to voice whatever's bothering them and needs to talk to someone. It also includes a sort of social media platform they have that is specifically on their site and only accessible to people who are in the under 25 range. So it's a safe space for those young people who are questioning, like Russ was just talking about, to get to talk with other people who are their own age and really kind of figure out how they're feeling and how and what they feel is the true them. Yeah. Uh, I've got to say, if um, if I had something like this when I was that age, that would have been amazing. Uh, we love the work that they've been doing. Mm-hmm. We've supported them many a time, uh, especially when we were doing our Countless Heroes um, game, which uh, was um, a long while ago now, but uh, we donated to them fairly regularly because it's yes. such a good service. Also, in addition, uh, while the pins are going to be available on this Kickstarter first, hopefully if everything goes well, we'll be having them up in the Nerdsmith stores afterwards, which we will still be donating proceeds to the Trevor Project when they get to that point as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll still be donating a portion of money from the sale of the pins specifically to the Trevor Project. Um, We really love and appreciate the work they do, and we've worked with them several times before in the past, like Russ was mentioning, and they've been amazing every time. And plus what they do is so important because there's so many people out there young people who are questioning and trying to figure out what they want to do or who they are, and they don't always have the support they need. No, um, which uh, is a real shame, but it's glad that somebody's um, stepping up to be there for those people. Mm-hmm. All right, so yes. Uh, we're now going to go into our mid-roll. If you listen to it, <laughs> feel free to stick around. If you skip it, that's fine as well. But we will be back in just a small uh, just a small minute. All right, welcome to the mid-roll, everybody. Who's here anyway? <laughs> I, uh, I I had a friend specifically tell me like I love you, but I skipped the commercial in the middle. I was like, okay, that's uh, fine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I understand. Uh, we like, but we also want to make sure you at least get the chance to hear about the people who support us and the people we really love working with. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know it doesn't change very much, but you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I assume Heather's probably going to start off like normal talking about what I want. <laughs> of course, because World Anvil is amazing. They're a fantastic group of people. But on top of that, it is the most robust and thorough world development software and campaign management software that's out there right now. Um, it's fantastic for anyone who's writing a book and wants to create the world that they're that their audience is going to be reading about. It's fantastic for any game masters who want to flesh out the world that their players are going to be using and really show them what those connections and the different histories of the different cities and towns and countries are. There's ways you can interconnect people. There's ways you can interconnect places and history and things like that. There's even some people I discovered recently from another Nerdsmith director who apparently have taken to using World Anvil in order to help them keep track of real world history. Like hardcore history students who have input actual dates and information into World Anvil to help them create timelines and basically a wiki that they can use to search information back and forth and help them study. So there's so many things you can do with it. It's worldanvil.com. Isn't that crazy? But I could totally That's see it working. Mental. It's yeah, it's kind of brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the fact is, is that could be sort of worked on multiple sort of people, like can be passed down and kept mm-hmm. kept being updated. Oh, wow. That's 
is brilliant. Oh, I love that. I love it's that. absolutely yeah. brilliant. I, ha- I would never have thought of that, and I love it. Um, so there's so many things you can do with it, and you can sign up for free. It doesn't cost anything to sign up for an initial membership. And then if you really love the features and you want more features available or just want to support an amazing company, which they are, then you can sign up for a guild membership, which is a monthly fee. And they have a bunch of different levels, so you can find one that fits for your budget. But they're amazing. The product is amazing. We definitely recommend you check it out. It is worldanvil.com. Uh, we love them very much. Mm-hmm. My DM is currently using it for our latest campaign in their own homebrew world because in the last one we played in Teldori. Uh, and they are they are loving creating the world just because of how awesome World Anvil is for creating all of that, like with their moon cycles and like uh, just everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, and, the, and us as players are loving using it for like recaps and stuff, like making journal entries because it can be tied to specific events or sessions and stuff. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. We love them. Other people we love. Uh, Die Hard Dice over at Castle yes. Hard at dieharddice.com. Obviously, like we've just talked about, it's great for what uh, I was great for campaign management. And for campaigns, you need dice. Mm-hmm. If you on a heathen and use electric dice. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, sh- I don't know if I should say that. I'm going to cut that one. Uh, if you use, uh, if you obviously live in real life and play DD pe- with people, you need dice to roll uh, for your successes and your failures. And they have so many beautiful dice. They really they do. Originally start- they originally started with metal dice and have expanded into their own polymer dice, which copy. Uh, not copy, replicate their, uh, their the molds they originally made for their metal dice. They have uh, their new ones releasing all the time. They've had their Spellbinder series for like a couple of years now with their multicolors. Now they've got their multi-class D20s, which you can snap together two different sides uh, of uh, designs of two D20s, so you have your own unique looking dice. They have great accessories like their little metal meeples for game board like Catan or Ticket to Ride or any of those kind of games. And mm-hmm. they have other great accessories like their scroll of rolling um, and everything else that they, they offer. They have so much stuff I could list it forever, which is, you know, not great for a mid-roll. <laughs> um, um, as for things if you do find that you like, you can use the code nerdsmith hyphen uh, J-U-N, I'm going to assume. As far um, as I know. So, yeah, for this month. Uh, to get 10% off your next order with them, they have free shipping domestically for you US folks and discounted international shipping for everybody else. You can absolutely find whatever you'd like there. Um, we love them, have loved them for, for so long. Uh, that is dieharddice.com. Yes, definitely recommend you check them out. They're wonderful people, and we are so, so fortunate that they are still friends with the network and helping us create the content we create. Alright, so now we're going to get back into the other three specific pride flags that are in our first clutch. Indeed. Alright everyone, welcome back to the second half. (laughs) Yes, so we have three more... Uh, specific flags to be talking about and quick mention our first stretch, stretch goal right at the end uh, with our next flag being uh, the transgender flag um, it's our fourth one in our list and now I need to find the information it's all the way at the bottom flag. all the way at the bottom there we go <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
things got a little out of order. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, so, uh, transgender, transgender people of gender identity or gender expression that differs from the sex that they were assigned at birth. Yes. Um, so, um, so um, whether that's like male into female, female into male, or just they don't agree with what they were born with and they're not quite sure where they fit yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the transgender pride flag was created by an American trans woman, Monica Helms, in 1999. Wow, 1999. Yeah, it's been around for a while. <laughs> yeah. And it was first shown at a pride parade in Phoenix, Arizona in 2000. Yes. And uh, this is another five uh, stripe flag. With two light blue, two pink, and then one white in the center. So again, similar to the sort of the bisexuality one, but with different meanings. Uh, light blue representing men, pink represents uh, the women, and the white flag is for all those that are still transitioning and finding their place with what they're comfortable with. Yes, and Monica Helms herself um, said that, I mean, this is basically the same thing Russ just said, but she said the light blue is the traditional color for baby boys and pink is for girls. And then the white in the middle is what she used to represent those who are transitioning, those who feel they have a natural, neutral gender or no gender, and those who are intersexed. Um, She also Mm -hmm. said the pattern is such that no matter which way you fly it, it will always be correct. And this is to symbolize us trying to find correctness in our own lives, which I think is cool. I, really I, cool. I think that was a neat thing to do because there's a lot of the, some of the flags are the same whether you flip it or not, but there's a lot of the flags that are not where it's, you know, a very set order that you, the flag is supposed to stand in. And I kind of like the idea that the transgender flag specifically was designed so that you could flip it and it didn't matter. Well, uh, and I feel that that's a good a sort of analogy for you flipping your gender as, as mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter to anyone but yourself. Exactly. Although... Although, yeah, unfortunately, there's uh, a lot of people who like to stick their noses into what isn't their business. But <laughs> literally none of their business. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, we're just happy as long as people find their happiness with what they want. And yes. Hopefully. And we're getting we're getting closer and closer towards that being just easier for, to, to access in general. But there's still a long way to go with that, which... We will get there. Like, so yeah. Just Slowly but surely, uh, we're inching our way that's closer. Good. <laughs> that's good. Uh, on the same kind of line, but not the same, uh, we have the non-binary flag. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, just got to scroll. <laughs> oh, um, so the n- okay. non-binary, for anyone who's not familiar with that term, non-binary oh, is for people whose gender identity does not fit within the traditional male and female binary. So it basically, it's someone who doesn't feel like they're male and doesn't feel like they're female. They're Sometimes they're somewhere in between. They might be completely off in one direction or another and like not even close to either of them. But in some way, shape, or form, they don't feel like they fit male versus female gender identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flag was created by Kyle Rowan in 2014 so another recent one mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, got four horizontal stripes of yellow white purple and black yes uh, all right uh, the yellow uh, of that represents those who fall outside of what uh, and without a reference into sort of the binary sort of things like you just said white represents people who are with many or just every gender uh, 
mm-hmm. so they feel comfortable with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then purple represents those whose gender identity falls somewhere between male and female or is a mix of the pair. And black represents uh, uh, people who they think feel uh, they are without gender. Yes. Uh, so, which, yeah. Uh, that's yes. all what I have um, in this little bit. Yes, and then yeah, um, the there's the last one for the uh, first six eggs, first, the first clutch. Yeah. So, yeah, there's not much else to say about non-binary because it's both very... It's very simple and extremely complicated at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. but, um, yes, just non-binary folk. I've We have non-binary friends who just, yeah, they just aren't mm-hmm. male, female. But they that doesn't mean that they can't be everything or nothing or somewhere in between. Yeah, and it's, it's a very different experience for every person who's non-binary because, you know, there could be someone who's non-binary and they're totally comfortable in their body. But it's just like some days they feel more masculine, some days they feel more feminine, some days there's one part of their body they're less comfortable with maybe, but they're just like, they, yeah. they'll they sometimes go by like they, them, instead of he, her, yeah. she, that sort of thing. But yeah. they don't necessarily feel the need to like fully transition. They don't feel like their body's completely wrong. They just have a tendency to not feel like they quite fit either or. Which is totally fair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the last one uh, for our first clutch is, represents both asexuality and demisexuality. Yes. Uh, so this one, it was a little tricky. Originally, we were going to try to do demisexuality as its own egg. Here's the thing, though. Um, asexual, okay. The asexual flag and the demisexual flag have the exact same colors. Oh, are they, are they in different orders, though? No, there. It's not even actually oh, no. the order that's different necessarily. I do think the demisexual is slightly different, but um, okay. the the thing is, the demisexual, instead of having the stripes like the ace sexual flag has, there is yeah. one of the stripes on the asexual flag is black, but on the demisexual flag, instead of it being a black stripe, there's like a black arrow, uh, a, a black triangle on the left-hand side of the flag pointing to the right Right. side and so like pointing forward and um it's a perfectly lovely looking flag the problem is because of the way our the dragon egg pins are designed there was no way for us to put that pattern on an egg Um, uh not not to make it look aesthetically pleasing no i mean uh, okay yeah. yeah that's true we could have figured out a way to do it and it would have looked horrible so, and with them being the same colors, I can understand why they're 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 they're, they're, they're similar uh, enough that you could you could have them represent whichever feels more correct for you. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is too, demisexuality is actually on the asexual spectrum because asexuality does have a spectrum, and there's a lot of different layers to it. Um, mm-hmm. Each of those different subsets does have its own flag, but there's so many of them. <laughs> Yes, uh, again, just getting the umbrella uh, one in this mm-hmm. kind of case. So, asexuality is part of the asexual spectrum, which we just said, and is defined by a lack of sexual attraction in general. Yes. Uh, demisexuality is a sexual orientation which is characterized by only experiencing sexual attraction after making strong emotional connections with specific people. I personally feel very comfortable with the demisexuality label. 
um, because um, I have to, with my relationship currently, um, it was uh, very much um, emotional, uh, and just in general, like with friendships and stuff, it's uh, emotional before anything else can really blossom. Mm-hmm. So it's where I feel feel comfortable. Like I said, I started like uh, feeling it with sort of bisexuality and that kind of thing, um, and uh, sort of evolved into that, and that's where I'm kind of happy uh, where I am now. So yeah. Uh, <coughs> sorry for that kind of tangent, but obviously um, Heather um, is an ally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I am finding myself on that spectrum. Uh, and a demisexual identify, uh, identity is a useful indicator for a person uh, might fall on the asexual spectrum as well. And in 2010, A-V-E-N, uh, or just Aven, I don't know what I'm not sure means. how you're supposed to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a, it's an asexual website, and other websites held a contest to bring in an, a design an asexual flag. And the asexual flag currently being used was designed by uh, the Evan user Stand Up and was uploaded in uh, in June of 2010. So in prime, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, black is for asexuals, grey for grey asexuals, uh, demisexuals, and for uh, other aspect people. And white represents allosexuals, although I'm not sure what that one means. And purple is just the community at large. Let me double check my notes. Alright, um, and so yeah, like the pansexual flag, the asexual flag was created at the same time, and it's inspired by the Asexual Visibly and Education Network logo, which is Aven. Okay, so um, an allosexual is anyone who feels sexual attraction for other people. Sure, okay. Makes sense. So it's um, basically... The asexual spectrum covers a lot of different groups of people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are, there's true asexuals who have absolutely no sexual attraction to anyone else. There's demisexuals, you know, that we mentioned who are, you know, they only feel attraction to someone that they have a, an emotional connection to. Yeah. So, um, like, with, like with me personally, like sexual attraction is very limited in my sort of thought process generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have grey sexuals, which is a fluid area between asexuals and sexuals, which, um, so, you know, like, uh, sort of like with being gender fluid, um, which we've not talked about yet, but, uh, yeah, so it's like how you can sort of move from feeling one way to the other, depending on mm-hmm. how you are at that particular time, whether on the date or just emotionally and mentally and all that kind of thing. And that is that flag. So... That's all six of the flags in our first clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, first, we'll just go over clutch two, um, which are the, which is our bigger stretch goal, which includes agender, aromantic, gender fluid, like we just mentioned, gender queer, intersex, pansexuality, and polyamorous um, mm-hmm. flags. And then we have one which is slightly earlier than that, which is why we're going to talk about that one now, and that is Philly Pride, which yes. I. Th- uh, Heather obviously knows more about this one, and I hadn't heard about this before we started. This, so. Yeah, so the the Philadelphia Pride flag is definitely a lesser known flag. Um, it is something that I feel like, in particular, has picked up speed in certain areas over here in the states. 
Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Um, it was unveiled on June 8th of 2017 at a Pride Month uh, kickoff event at the Philadelphia City Hall. And it was actually designed by a PR com- um, agency based out of Philadelphia called uh, Tierney. But they did it specifically for Philadelphia's More Color, More Pride campaign. And um, it was that particular campaign was about um, the city's commitment to people of color within the queer community. And the flag has, it's the regular rainbow flag, but at the top, it's got a black and a brown stripe. And those black and brown stripes are designed to um, represent the people of the LGBTQIA plus community who are also POC, who are also people of color. Um, They used black and brown because they're colors that are very different from the rest of the rainbow and because they stand out and because unfortunately, you know, black and brown skinned people tend to be ones that are discriminated against very heavily. However, it is designed to be inclusive of all persons of color and not just black and not just brown individuals. Uh, and I remember you mentioning earlier before we started that it um, represents uh, obviously people who are both people of colour and people mm-hmm. who find themselves in the LGBT community can get a lot of uh, hardship for both of those communities individually. Yes. And it obviously magnifies when you're in both. So it's a really, yeah. really positive result way. Um, also, fun fact, after looking through the eggs which we've got, uh, that is the only egg in the campaign with eight colours on it. <laughs> yes, it is the only one with eight colours on it. Um, because, <laughs> which, you know, we managed to squeeze it in there. Um, I think it looks good um, still, personally. Oh, I, I, I really like it. I really like the look of it. It's... Um, um, yeah, like it's just um, like the middling sort of colours sort of mixed together, mm-hmm. which honestly makes sense for LGBT communities anyway. Yes. Um, uh, for the colours, uh, what they represent is the same as, well, from the red downwards, it's the same as mm-hmm. the pride flag, and obviously, like uh, Heather already said, black and brown. People, queer people of colour, is that that's what uh, that bit specifically yeah. represents. Yeah. And stuff. this one, um, we didn't added as part of the original clutch because with the extra colors it is a little bit more expensive to make um that's why we added it as a stretch goal however we wanted to make it the first stretch goal because um those of us who are the directors here at nerdsmith feel very strongly about inclusivity and diversity and poc rights um i myself am part of the uh POC community, though if you ever look at my images online, you're probably not going to think I am. Um, My mother is, I've mentioned it before in episodes previously, but my mother is Japanese American. I am half Japanese, half white. I happen to appear very white presenting, but I am still part of the POC community. Um, I'm not part of the LGBTQIA plus community directly, but I am. But you are a th- big ally. Yeah, very, very big ally. Yeah, come at me, I, you stupid, bigoted people. Um. <laughs> uh, but uh, and obviously I am white. Uh, both my parents are white, but I am part of the LGBT uh, community. Mm-hmm. Even if my partner of currently of uh, currently is um, female, that doesn't diminish what I am as a person. Which also yes. something we talked about. Yes, just because. Your, your relationship status doesn't negate how you feel in regards to demisexuality or bisexuality or whatever. Yes. And if people tell you otherwise, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, 
Yes. Um, uh, so yeah. the Philly Pride pin is a is a earlier stretch goal than the whole of the second clutch. Yes. Um, which is um, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure on numbers specifically. Do you have those numbers? I imagine I, probably not. I do actually because I'm one of the oh. directors, so I helped put this whole oh. thing together. Um, for any That's for true. anyone who couldn't tell, as we were discussing things, um, Russ is getting a big sneak peek at. <laughs> yes. Some of the colorways um, that haven't actually launched yet because we haven't launched the actual Kickstarter yet. <laughs> yes, um, I am sworn to secrecy, and I would. Uh, and the first time you'll hear about this episode, the campaign will have already started. Mm-hmm. So, yes, but uh, we're recording beforehand, so he gets a sneak peek. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm super excited. Uh, I know that we had uh, a limited run of the Pride Rainbow One. Uh, I want to say in 2019. Mm-hmm. Because we yeah, were it was trying a while to, ago. Do it. I know, yeah. Because I know we were thinking of doing something in 2020, and then pandemic happened. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It, it's been a, it's been, it's really that was a really cool pin to start with, and I'm loving the branching out and everything that's being made. Uh, so yeah, do you want to give the first stretch goal for, for that one? Sure. Do uh, I don't think that'll hurt. Uh, so our first stretch goal. Well, okay. Our our overall goal for the campaign with the original six. That's it. Is thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred dollars. I assume dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirteen hundred U.S. dollars. Um, and I mean, at, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have already launched. So I could actually tell you. Oh, I think I took it downstairs, but I could actually tell you the different tiers and everything. If you want to hear them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could do that if you want. As a sort of extended sort of little bit at the end. Sure. Alrighty. So we're starting off with our goal being thirteen hundred dollars for the original six pins um, in clutch one. Our first stretch goal to do the Philly Pride egg is 1500. That would make sense, yeah? Yes, and then I don't have my notes in front of me. Let me, hold on, let me pull up my, yeah, it's not letting me, okay. I can't find it right now, unfortunately. But I know our first goal is the 1500 to get to the Philly Pride egg. Um, yes. And then we've got our second, our, our next big stretch goal is the one that um, adds the second yeah, for clutch. Clutch two. For clutch two, yes. And then after that, um, we're looking at possibly, if we can get that far, doing glitter. Ooh. So glitter colorways um, and possibly offering all of them in, in glitter. Depending on. Depending on how far into the stretch goals we get. We're doing um, one pin is yes. uh, $12. This is normal price. Normal price. Yeah. One pin is $12. That might sound like a, quite a bit for some people who don't do a lot of enamel pin collecting. However, these pins are about an inch and a half tall. Yeah, uh, for somebody, uh, I do collect pins on occasionally, and I have friends who do. That sounds fairly reasonable, especially for an independently launched pin mm-hmm. and not a mass-produced pin in that kind of regard. So, yeah, uh, but, yeah. yeah, and they're very, very large. They're, I mean, yes. I don't have mine on me right now, but they're they're wider than a quarter. <laughs> that doesn't help me at all. Uh, it, but it I, help, I, I actually, does, I held, I, I held a quarter. I know what that is actually. Yeah, <laughs> so they're wider than a U.S. Yes. quarter. And about one and a half times as tall. Okay. Yeah. Ish. Like they're in that range. So this is a sizable Mm -hmm. pin. It's big enough that we have two pin backs on it. And every pin is going to come with the um, locking pin backs. 
Oh, that's so good. We're actually, we're getting locking pin backs so that you don't have to worry about it coming off. Yeah, so there's um, there's two, three, no, how many tiers did we do? We did four tiers. So we have one, okay. two, three, and six. Oh, so yeah, so you can get a single pin, two pins, three pins, mm -hmm. or six, which would be a whole clutch. And uh, if you wanted the second clutch, if we get to that point, you could back it again. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And when, um, no matter which one you get, you're going to be able to choose whichever colorways you want. So you could get two pins and get two, you know um, any of the colors that are unlocked. As long as it's an unlocked color, we'll make it available as an option. Um, for one pin, it's 12. Two pins is 22. Okay, so um, goes down by a couple couple dollars for getting two. Nice. Yes, three pins. I wish I had my note in front of me. Three pins. We're doing for. I believe it was twenty eight. It was either twenty eight or twenty five. Okay. I don't have my note in front of oh, me. Nice. Which bothers me now. I should have grabbed my note. <laughs> and then my um, the big one. If you get all six, it's fifty five. That's, uh, which would be considerably cheaper. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So it does save you a little bit of money per pin the more you get. Um, mm -hmm. You There will be shipping charges added on top of that yeah. for wherever the pins are getting shipped. Um, we did the math on it to keep it as reasonable as we could. International deliveries will have a higher, unfortunately, shipping fee just because we have to ship it way further. Oh, I know. <laughs> Every time. I know. Every time. <laughs> um, and, you know, like we were mentioning earlier, our hope is to continue making these pins available in our Etsy store. Our store, once everything's up and running and ready to go, um, so that people can continue buying them if they really liked them and we can continue to offer them. Um, it's just a lot of it's going to depend on what people like and what ends up selling the most. And then... Uh, I do have to say we're probably going to have a limited number of colorways available in the store, depending on how things go. We just, we don't know yet what's going to happen with sale, like how many people are going to want them. Are they going to be that popular? We don't know 100%. We're hopeful because we think they look amazing, but we don't know. And until we know, we can't say how many different colorways we're going to have available. Mm -hmm. that, that is totally fair. All right. Well, I think that's about as much as we can cover right now. Mm -hmm. um, if any, uh, if there was like um, goals met, obviously by the time next episode comes out, we will obviously be shouting about it, which would be really fun. Yes. Uh, but apart from that, we hope you check it out. If it's something that would interest you, uh, we really love them. Uh, I can't wait to get some because I know I'm at least going to be getting um, a couple of them. I really want the demisexual one. Um, <laughs> so it, it uh, does look nice. It does really look nice. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, we hope you are too. Next episode, we're not sure what we're covering as of yet, but that will be in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, have a wonderful Pride Month if you uh, find yourself uh, either as an ally or on the spectrum yourselves. And I. I'm out of things to say. <laughs> All right. We will talk to you guys soon and hope you have a fantastic Pride Month. And don't forget yes. to uh, check out Kickstarter for the Here Be Dragons Loud and Proud campaign. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.